Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. They say I'm tough. Today, Mayor Lightfoot doubled down. They say I get angry. Well, she's had some tough battles. They say sometimes I take things personally. You know what I say? They're absolutely right. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, God. She knows. Most Chicagoans are so weird. They like that stuff, so they're going to vote for her. For, I'm tough and I'm mean and I'm nasty. I mean, oh, that's what we need. I'm a Chicagoan. She's honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I like in a candidate. Honesty. I'm not sure she's honest. Okay? And I have to prove my case. I will now keep this piece. Show you the piece of paper that I have kept on my desk since December 15, 2020. Here you go. It is the press release from Lori Lightfoot regarding uh, Anjanette Young. Just so I would never forget, young Dennis, that our mayor does not always tell us the truth. So I don't know if it's honesty uh, when she says that she's mean and nasty is so much as she figures it's the best way to get reelected. How about that? Huh? Did you think, whoa, whoa. <laughs> There's a difference. And now I will now sing in honor of uh, Honesty Day in the Bendrovsky show, Billy Joel. Honesty. Yeah. Woo. Okay. <laughs> All right. You're Honestly, ben- I am a terrible okay. singer. Right. Well, honestly, we need to start the show. Your Bendrovsky okay. show for Friday, August 26th, is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union. And Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. All together, everybody. Where to go. What to do. What to eat. What to drink. Sometimes what kind of pot to smoke. And so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Drowski. Ben, what's your latest column all about? Oh, my goody goodness. I told you I was going to do this, ladies and gentlemen, and I do it. I take apart the latest TIFF proposal. It's must reading. If you want to understand how city works, I may talk about it on the show today a little bit, D, uh, if it comes up. But having to do with extending the red line uh, from 95th to the city borders uh, and how <laughs> there's so misinformation on both sides. Those who want the TIF, those who don't want the TIF. And I'm like, I'm reading this thing going, speaking of honesty, I guess that's going to be the theme of today's show. Is anyone ever going to be honest about how this freaking program works? I guess not, because it just it's so useful this program on both ends to be dishonest about it. So I take a part and show you how a TIFF really works. And um, yeah, honestly, it was a great column. Very nice. Check out that column and so much more. Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com. And if you want to help out this program, you can. Chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A-O-V is in victory, S-K-Y. It is Friday, August 26th. 
And this is the Ben Jarofsky Show's Oh, What a Week. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this party like a rock star Friday, and here's why. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to get to, uh, oh, what a week. Dennis has been feverishly working. I called him up earlier today. He had the phone in one ear and oh, I yeah. heard the clickety-clack of his typewriter. And he was going, don't bother me with bulls talk, okay? I'm really busy typing the news. Hold on. I got another phone coming in. Jing, yes. Uh, Dr. D, <laughs> line one. He's taking phone calls from reporters all over the city of Chicago. Coming in with news breaks. News briefs. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> I can't talk to you now. I know DeMar DeRozan's great, but I don't have time to talk about it. Don't talk to me about the sky. I'm really busy. So anyway, he's prepared. He's got a whole bunch of news. But before I do, I just have to say something here. I asked Dennis before we went on the air, do you like Trevor Noah? And what did he say? Uh, Noah. <laughs> no, uh, I don't. No, uh, I don't. I forgot the I don't part. Oh, I just blew that joke. Anyway. So I followed Trevor Noah on Instagram, and I got to admit, I got to chuckle out of his um, this uh, bit he put on there, D. But I just got to say something. As the old guy in the room, I don't know. Why is it fair to pick on old people? So the, the story had to do with the prime minister of Finland. I don't know if you've been following this, D, but she got in trouble. I know it's like Finnish news. No. Yeah, I haven't got to that one yet. I hadn't hit my news cycle quite yet. <laughs> He's feverishly working on all the news of the day, folks, but it's Chicago and Illinois news, not Finnish news. So before he finishes the news, I'll tell you uh, what's coming out of Finland. Honestly, that's a bad joke. Um, So anyway, uh, they they have a young uh, millennial prime minister in Finland uh, named Marin. I I forget how old she is, D. She's in her 30s somewhere. And, you know, as a young person, she likes to rock and roll. A hot dog makes her lose control, okay? And um, so she was caught on video, I don't know, partying like a rock star. She's dancing and apparently had a few to drink. Uh, And so Trevor Noah did this bit about it where the whole thing was like making fun of old people. (laughs) I got to admit it was pretty funny. I I mean, I laughed because he would say, like, Americans don't understand this because we're so used to electing really old ancient fossils uh, to run our country, they do, Americans don't know what it's like to have a young leader who can party like a rock star, a young leader for whom a hot dog makes her lose control. And um, so he made fun of essentially senior citizens. And then he did this bit. You can tell uh, that it was a young person because she was capable of filming it. Her friends were capable of filming it. Because an old person doesn't know how to use a camera. So then he did an old person accent. Hey, the audience is cracking up. Everybody's laughing at old people. Oh, they're funny. D, I, I have to admit, I kind of laughed. I kind of chuckled. But then I was like offended. Hey, how dare you make fun of old people? Okay, I'm old. Don't make fun of me. But it was pretty funny. And it's pretty true since I can barely use a cell phone. Okay, hold on. Let me push this button. Anyway, that's it's good to know that somewhere in the world, there's a country where the most important issue of the day is the prime minister being caught partying like a rock star. And by the way, I just want to say uh, the music in the background is not that good. Just saying that could be something else, Trevor, you could have picked up on. What kind of music is that? Anyway, neither here nor there. That's on my mind. I just saw it literally before we came on the air. 
Uh, and without further ado, I'm going to turn things over to the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of your Illinois, who's been feverishly lurking all morning. Yes, he's ready to go with Oh, what a week. Oh, Dr. D, take it away. How's it going? Trevor Noah sucks. All right, let's find out what happened in Chicago and or Illinois this week. So it's been a couple weeks since you and I have done this, Ben, so let's huddle up real quick, all right? Huddle up, huddle up. Come here, all right? So here's what we're going to start with. Some Chicago news. The last story is Lightfoot and Darren Bailey's ad, and then uh, that'll segue perfectly into the Illinois gubernatorial race. And then we'll end the show. And uh, how's that sound? Sound good? Yeah. That sounds good. That sounds like the kind of thing we're supposed to do in pre-show great. planning. Great, great. I forget what we actually talked about in pre-show planning. Great. Now, for the love of God, don't mess this up. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we begin in Chicago, and we begin with our 2023 Chicago mayoral election. And hold on to your hats, Chicago political junkies, because next week, the mayoral campaign season officially begins when candidates can start gathering petition signatures. Yes, it's only a matter of time until the back alley brawl begins and our mayor of hopefuls begin politically beating the hell out of each other. But listen, if you think for one second that our incumbent Chicago mayor is above all of this and not jumping in that alley and getting a few shots in, oh, you got another thing coming. More on that in a moment. But first, Ben, your thoughts here. Uh, Campaign petition signatures. I know you kind of geek out this time of year, right? Yes, I do. Uh, This is a very geeky moment for me uh, because this is sort of like the opening battle uh, in like this trench war that is Chicago politics. And I do believe that there's a correlation between how difficult it is to make of the ballot uh, with the drop in voter participation. I do believe because it's an ordeal. Democracy is an ordeal. Uh, And uh, now you're going to say, well, Ben, if it's so difficult to make the ballot, how come so many candidates are running? And that's an excellent point. I'm really glad you, brought it up and really astute of you to come back so quickly with a counterpunch. Uh, I didn't and, say anything and, at all. But no. <laughs> reality, though, is they all run and then they just spend like two months uh, in the back rooms of the election board in front of election board judges. Like, well, someone like my our old friend, Ricky Hendon, ties him in knots. Ricky Hendon, of course, former state senator uh, from the west side of Chicago and is quite excellent at challenging uh, uh, mayoral nominees, people who want to run for mayor on behalf of Willie Wilson. Ricky Hennon is usually working for Willie Wilson and he just drives them nuts. And so I remember like in the movie, um, City So Real, Steve James movie about the 2019 uh, mayoral election, which turned out to be a real dud of an election. I remember when Steve started that movie, we were all excited. Yeah, this is going to be a very important election. Um, Rom, this will be like, will Chicago actually revolt against the sitting mayor and drive Rom out of office? And then Rom looked at the internal polls and said, ah, <laughs> I'm getting out of here before I get uh, pushed out of here. And then it kind of like, you know, all the air left the room. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's the air leaving the room. Uh, and so it was a documentary about people that nobody had ever heard about. Uh, and uh, Steve settled on the uh, bizarre uh, petition challenges that take place, as I say, in the back rooms of the election board. And Ricky Hennon was leading the charge and he was challenging Jamal Green's. And you remember, I don't know if you saw this, Steve, he was challenging Jamal Green. And he, I think he eventually forced Jamal Green to leave the race. But anyway, they almost came to blows. And Steve James had the footage. <laughs> The two of them, like Ricky Hendon and Jay Maul Green, ready to come on, bring it on. You know, and when one guy was trash talking the other guy, the other guy, I'm like, whoa, fellas, fellas. And then Ricky Hendon had Neil Salas Griffin on the ropes. This, this is only in Chicago moment. 
and actually had uh, a parents, in my recollection, knocked off enough signatures so that Neil would not make uh, the uh, ballot. And at the end, Ricky, I don't know, he just said, I like this kid. He's a good man. I like his family. I'm going to let him stay in the ballot. What the hell is he doing here? He's nice. Yeah, I wish I voted for him. Boy, do I wish I voted for Neil Salas Griffin. You know, that's like two elections back to back uh, where I have uh, candidate envy. Everybody knows I'm envious of Dennis because he voted for. uh, I just blanked on his name. (laughs) Bob Diber. Bob Diber, the downstate Democrat. Got to bring him back to the show. Uh, How did you know that? I guess you've been around me a long time. You know which one I was. I, of course, uh, voted for. Yeah, let's not talk about who I voted Danny Biz. Uh, And uh, so I really wish I voted for Neil Salas Griffin in that first round because he is a decent human being, a very thoughtful guy. Uh, And I think he probably would make. Would he make a good mayor? I don't even know what that word means. You know, Chicagoans just had this conversation with someone. You need a tough person, Ben. Because I just I opine that I wish I voted for Neil Siles. But you need a tough person. Like, why? Where has that ever been established that has been good for Chicago? But anyway, uh, Ricky Hennon just said, I really like him. And he tried to, uh, he said, I, I withdraw my complaint. And and the, the election board was upset. They're like, you, you established, we went through this whole procedure. We established he didn't have enough signatures to make the ballot. And now you withdraw your complaint. You can't do that. And Ricky goes, I can too. He almost got into a fight with the election board guys. So, yes, this is like the first round. Uh, and it keeps it ties candidates up in the nuts. They can't campaign. They spend most of their time in these back rooms of the county building or uh, city hall. Uh, so going I, over if, signature to signature. If you're listening, and, if you're listening, and you're thinking about running, doesn't this sound like fun? Go yeah. for it! Yeah, <laughs> democracy. We just talked like maybe a few people out of running, maybe if they're listening to this. And, and we did. And then, you know, the funny thing, Chicagoans, you know, you're all upset and justifiably so that MAGA uh, is challenging the basic precepts of democracy uh, th- throughout the land. They want to just like throw out huge chunks of votes. I understand that. I share, uh, absolutely share your anger. But what about in Chicago? <laughs> that's, that's another classic thing about my beloved Dems in Chicago. When it comes to Trump, I can't stand him. But when it comes to Chicago, it's kind of playing the same game. Ben, it's democracy. If you don't understand the rules of the game, don't run for office. That's my Chicago accent, Dee. If you don't understand, okay? Okay, Ben? You don't like it here? Go to Detroit. See how you like it there. That's what I heard throughout the 90s. Ladies. Go to Detroit. Yeah, you don't have to worry about daily in Detroit. So, I, D, yeah, I'm fascinated by it. I can guarantee you that um, I think it's 12,500 signatures you need, good signatures. And the population keeps falling in Chicago. And so you can't sign uh, two petitions. You can only sign one. And the, the valid signature is the one you go first. So, D, I could see them doing, like, checks where they knock off people who've signed multiple petitions. <laughs> It'll be getting harder and harder because the number of eligible voters is falling. Weird. We are weird people. Chicago, just acknowledge that. No, you will never acknowledge it. All right, so we may, see, we, we may see some hopefuls uh, in the few weeks here. Uh, some names, let's throw them out. I think Neil Silas Griffin, dude, you were like the the one likable person in that whole documentary. You owe it to yourself to do one more run, right? I don't know. I haven't talked to Neil in a while. He was on, Remember he came on the show, we talked about the documentary. 
Uh-oh. It's like, dude, you ran when nobody knew you at all. Now this yeah. documentary came out, and you were like the the one likable guy in the whole thing. Go Wait, for another run. One likable? I, I think would... so. I think so. I'm going to go on a limb and say, even though I disagree with him absolutely on pretty much everything, Willie Wilson's a likable. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right. Willie Wilson is you a very likable guy. Uh, very, and very he was, Willie Wilson was always. Uh, I just thought he was a very polite uh, gentleman and respectful and that kind of thing. Again, I just disagree with him on politics, but so what? I think I think he qualifies as likable. Anybody else likable uh, in that race? <laughs> J. Mal Green is likable. You like J. Mal Green? He came on the show a couple times. No, you didn't. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> I guess he didn't like him uh, that much. No, for real, Neil Silas Griffin, dude. I mean, you owe it to yourself to do this one more time especially after that documentary came out, would make sense, right? I don't know. Go for it. All right. Well, I'm sure he's probably, his attitude is, I went through the hell last time. I'm not doing that ever again. <laughs> well, that's bad. I that's, mean, that's unfortunate. <laughs> oh, and the other guy uh, who was very briefly in there, I was just talking about this, our good friend, Troy LaRabier. Oh, hell yeah. And, and he dropped out before they got to the point of turning in petitions. And he was, you talk about honesty. This guy was honest. He goes, Ben, I don't want to raise money. It would cost it would cost me money to get the signatures I need to get on the ballot because you have to pay people to go out and do it. There's so many signatures you need. Nobody has that many volunteers, except for maybe Pat Quinn, PQ, who may run. But nobody else. You have to, so you have to hire people. Ricky Hennon does this. Like Ricky Hennon will uh, you can hire Ricky Hennon and he'll bring in people to go out and collect signatures for you. This is the way people make a living. Uh, and, uh, Troy was very honest. He goes, I don't want, I, I don't want to raise the money. It's too much. I would, it's just, uh, it has nothing to do with democracy. It has nothing to do with the issues facing our city. So I better just leave now before it just gets worse. So, uh, some of these names that you're about to name, uh, D I don't think, uh, well, they may run, but I'm not sure they'll make the ballot. Okay, so I uh, I don't think Neil Silas Griffin's going to run again. I haven't seen his name put out there. A name that will apparently not be uh, hearing as our, is our dear friend Stacey Davis-Gates, now president of the Chicago Teachers Union, Stacey Davis-Gates. Stacey Davis-Gates said, quote, it won't be me. No, she's not running. But it looks as though Cook County Commissioner and CTU man Brandon Johnson has all but acknowledged he'll be throwing his hat in the ring. Brandon Johnson, have you talked to him lately? Uh, you know, have you tried, you know, kind of poking the bear a little bit? Hey, you run I, I have not talked to Brandon in a long time. Uh, he hasn't been on the show in a long time. So uh, I presume he's going to run. That's what all the scuttlebutt is. Uh, and at the um, Stacy gave a speech earlier this week at the City Club. Remember the City Club, D? You remember the city club? Remember, oh. I got to go to the city club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they gave me, hey, Stacy, did they give you a certificate? They gave me a certificate. When you talk at the city, all right, like back up. The city club is a co- co- uh, collection of do gooders in the city of Chicago that somehow or other uh, was run by a guy, had been run by a guy who got in trouble with the Ed Burke scandal. Oh, excuse me, the Michael Madigan scandal has been a sub- subsequently indicted. Uh, and I always thought the city club was kind of, I don't know, I'm going to get in trouble with the city club, but I just always thought it was kind of a joke because they just, like, they would invite these scoundrels there and listen. It's a very learned thing. And everybody was, like, very learned. Oh, they were ignoring, you know, like, I remember when Michael Madigan came there, it was like, wow, Michael Madigan is going to speak here. You know, everybody's just ignoring the fact that uh, it's probably, I don't know, the most heavy-handed, now allegations of corrupt power 
uh, brokers in the state, but they were just so honored to have them. Ed Burke would be there, who's since been indicted. So anyway, it's kind of a strange, uh, only in Chicago phenomenon. And so they invited me to come be on a panel with other journalists. And it was all over. De- I wouldn't even want to go, ladies and gentlemen. Dennis made me do it. The, the millennial made me do it. He yeah. said, this is good for you to be, get out and be seen by powerful people. So I went. When it was all over, they gave me a certificate. Uh, and then uh, about a week later, uh, Danny Mialopoulos uh, broke the news. I think he broke the news. He certainly wrote about it a lot, about the Jay Doherty, the head of City Club, uh, being indicted as part of the uh, uh, Michael Madigan scandal. And so I had Danny Mialopoulos autograph my um, a little certificate that I got from uh, the City Club. And I'm probably the only person in the world who has Jay Doherty's signature and Danny Mialopoulos' signature on one piece of paper. How about that, huh, D? Oh, I'm jealous. I wish I would have went. <laughs> oh, he was so hard on me. You gotta go. I go, I don't want to do Go! Remember I rode my bike? Yeah. Remember that, dude? I remember we were just starting a podcast, and it's like, well, something in public? All right, well, go. Turns out it was a bad idea, but hey, whatever. It was a bad idea. We got a lot of them. And that was we the last them. time I suggested Ben do anything. All right. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, okay. So Stacey Davis Gates spoke uh, at the city club and she announced uh, that she was not going to run, which pretty much everybody knew. Uh, She's just recently been reelected or no elected as president of the Chicago teachers union. Jesse Sharkey stepped down. And uh, so uh, Stacey Davis Gates ran to replace him and she was elected. And so everybody knew that she wasn't going to run. You know what I'm saying? She just had been elected, but CTU wants to, support someone in the race so it looks as though brandon johnson who works for ctu and is a cook county board commissioner will run he, he was standing right next to stacy davis gates when she announced that she wasn't going to run d and then they asked well you're going to support anybody the guy's literally standing next to her and stacy's like well i'm not sure about that and i'm like oh. i was watching that I go come on stacy that's pretty funny that's you if anybody if brandon runs you're going to endorse him so anyway, all right. So mayoral campaign updates. Mayor Lori Lightfoot is still in the driver's seat with the power of incumbency and nearly two point seven million dollars on hand, including recent donations from media entrepreneur Fred Eichner. Well, I've heard that name before. Who's wait, that? Who, Fred Eichner. Oh, who's that? Fred Eichner. Oh, wait, I know. Wait, Fred Eichner. Right. How do I know that name? Well, he donated one hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Let me know when you think of who that is. And White okay. Sox owner Jerry Reinsdorf donated. $10,000. But Willie Wilson is still leading in campaign cash with $4.6 million in the bank. And yes, this week, Mayor Lightfoot went negative for the first time in her campaign for mayor. And we should really underline in her campaign for mayor. Let's really <laughs> underline that part. But she did go she's negative. Been negative a lot of other times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For the first time in her campaign for mayor, though. She went negative, all right? As opposed to all the other times she was negative, yeah. like every day. Yeah, yeah. Lightfoot lumped challenger Paul Vallis with Donald Trump when it comes to financial management. Oh, and her campaign straight up called him a Republican. All right, this all started when mayoral hopeful Paul, look, we all liked Trump 30 years ago, Vallis, gave an interview with the Chicago Sun-Times and Fran Spielman this week. And in the interview, he criticized the mayor, saying she's basically handing off what she inherited from Rahm Emanuel. He continues saying after $6 billion in COVID money, after over $800 million in city and school property tax increases, 
this is what we have to show for it. A Lightfoot campaign spokesperson pushed back, saying Republican Republican Paul uh, Paul Vallis giving budget advice is like taking classified document protocol lessons from Donald Trump. Oh, that was the Trevor Noah write that. <laughs> That was so, to- so topical. Uh, they continue saying Vallis has left financial destruction with every budget he's ever touched. His long track record of financial mismanagement using district funds for personal expenses and leaving his previous campaign a half million dollars in debt should alarm anyone who cares about the city's fiscal health. If you can't balance the books, then you can't run a city. Oh, my God. Wow. Where do we, where do we go with this? Uh, putting aside... The finances of Paul Vallis's campaign. I can't remember the specifics on that. And when you lose a campaign, generally you you are uh, in the uh, in debt. Let's just be honest. Mayor Lori Lightfoot won. Everybody loves a winner. Everybody loves a winner. So how about you? And uh, so when you win, people give you money. Duh. When you lose, everybody runs away from you. <laughs> they all desert you. Only guys like me are the only ones who keep calling you up. When you lose. So to make a big deal about a guy running, uh, having a debt after losing an election, it's kind of misleading. Now let's get to the real issue. Uh, how city finances uh, are overseen. And I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, uh, something that I've learned having fought, watched mayors and their top age run city finances. I've been watching this for a long, long time. And let me tell you, there's really no difference between how Lori Lightfoot does it, how Rahm Emanuel does it, and how Mayor Richard M. Adeley did it. And Paul Vallis was a top aide for uh, Mayor Richard M. Adeley. He was in the revenue department. He was like the, the brilliant guy behind the scenes who figured out how to TIF scam, how you could use that TIF scam. <laughs> and then they sent him over to the schools to run the schools. And so, you know, that, that meant that he had to look the other way while they were diverting dollars from the schools. That's okay, boss. So Paul Vallis knows how the game is played. It's, and it's the same game. The script was written in the daily years, and it's been practiced by Rahm and practiced by Lori. And that script is this. You exaggerate the amount of money you need uh, when uh, you're further away from an election, so that's a safer time to raise taxes. Uh, and then the closer you get to an election, you pretend as though you're a fiscal genius. So you can minimize the tax hike and you're hoping that voters aren't paying attention. And you know what, folks? Most likely they're not paying attention. And then there's the TIF scam, which Daly and Ballas uh, basically invented. A TIF deal, if it's just one little deal, it's not a bad way. You're borrowing against borrowing future revenues to pay for a project right now. Okay. But what happens if you draw a TIF district that brings in more money than any one project? That's called slush. Mayor Daly figured that out in the 90s. Who was Mayor Daly's revenue department director? Paul Vallis. I always think that. When I take a look at Paul Vallis and how, like, smart he is when it comes to money, and I look at Mayor Daly and how slow he is when it comes to money, I don't know, folks. Who do you think was the one who cooked it up? Do you think it was Mayor Daly coming to Paul Vallis and go, Paul, I just thought this up. If I put a district, a TIF district together that's bigger than any one project, I'll have slush coming in. And Paul Vallis goes, wow, what a brilliant idea. Or do you think it's the other way around, ladies and gentlemen? I think it was the other way around. That Mayor Rahm gets in. Mike quickly explains to Mayor Rahm how TIFs work. Mayor Rahm goes, oh, my God, this is free money. 
And these dummies in Chicago don't even know they're paying the taxes for it. He kept it. Mayor Lori Lightfoot comes in. She gets an opportunity to join Amishi Patel to destroy the Lincoln Yard TIF. Uh-uh. She fights. She sends in city lawyers to undercut Amishi Patel's lawsuit. Now she's got free money coming in. My money. So there is no difference. Chicago, Paul Vallis did this. The games that Lori Lightfoot plays with a budget, Paul Vallis invented. With Mayor Richard Dale, you know. So don't kid yourself. Don't allow yourself. I mean, if you want to vote for Paul Vallis, because I don't know, you like his glasses, go vote for him. Those are cool glasses. I mean, (laughs) if you like, you know, you like his fashion, you think he's funny and witty, then vote for him. But don't fool yourself into thinking you're voting for somebody who's like going to be more prudent and more straightforward and with the word of the day, more honest and trustworthy about the games they're playing. Come on, Chicago. I beg you. I implore you. I plead with you. Uh, Paul, what about the fact they call him a Republican? I mean, like, is he a Republican? Republican. Is he? Well, let's put it to you this way. Did he vote Uh, for Trump? Paul Vallis in Chicago, the only game in town is the Democratic Party. So uh, he worked for, okay, let's break it down. He worked for Mayor Daley, a Democrat. So that's in the Democratic camp. Uh, He ran for governor as a Democrat. That's in the Democratic camp. Uh, he, he ran for mayor in 2019, but you know, you don't have to declare a party. So that's neither here nor there, but subsequent, uh, to that 2019 election, uh, Paul has moved to the MAGA side. He's come advisor to fraternal order police and, uh, our favorite, uh, cop, Johnny Catanzara. Uh, and, um, uh, and then he went out to, to speak at a conference in Naperville. I think we talked about that. Or Yeah, I talked about that with you. Remember, D, D, I don't understand. Why are you going to Naperville, Paul? They can't vote in Chicago. And uh, that was that uh, Awake. Remember that group? They call themselves Awake, which I can't understand. Like, why would Republicans who are always denouncing Democrats for being woke form a group called Awake? Their group should be called Asleep. <laughs> And uh, you like that one, huh? Yeah. Hey, Trevor Noah, let's see you come up with that one, huh? So uh, I don't know. I think he's flirting with MAGA. You know, I think uh, he sees Elaine. Uh, D, you got to get to that runoff. So everybody assumes that Lori Lightfoot will be in the runoff. Nobody will get more than 50% of the vote. So I'm sure Paul Vallis, like if he goes to a Naperville rally of MAGA people, he figures that will translate into votes. You know, Donald Trump got 15% of the vote, I think, in the 2020 election. So, D, 15% of the vote gets you very close to that runoff if you go, if it doesn't automatically put into you. So I think that's kind of the game he's playing. Yeah. And he bashed the hell out of the teachers' union when he was um, out in Naperville. Basically said the teachers' union, you know, is everything that's wrong in Chicago. So is he a Republican? Right. I met the guy. I met the guy. Nothing screamed right winger or anything when I met the guy or Republican, you know, he's lately he's kind of, you know, he's kind of heading in that direction. But then he did. I got to say this uh, when it turned out that that a woke group was anti-gay. He backed off immediately goes, I don't have an anti-gay bone in my body. So uh, that was, you know, I like uh, I don't think Darren Bailey would do that. So 
I don't think he uh, is a Republican, but I do believe he's kind of like trying to be the MAGA man. Uh, not a Johnny C's not running. I mean, who who's going to compete with him, D, for MAGA votes? Think about it. Johnny C is not running. Uh, Ray Lowe, Ray, Raymond Lopez, Alderman of the 15th Ward. He could compete for MAGA votes. Uh, I'm trying to think who else is out there. That's pretty much it that I could think of right now that could get those MAGA votes of the people uh, in the race. But here's the deal. You can't have two MAGA people in the race because they each need that Trump vote. You want to make the runoff, you got to have the consolidated Trump vote and then worry about reaching out after that in the uh, general election. All right, up next, the mayor made it into the news outside the city this week, calling a conservative super PAC's recent TV ad an example of dog whistle politics. The ad includes her image to attack uh, Governor Pritzker. She claims the ad uses racist tropes and altered her skin to appear darker. The 30-second spot was paid for by a pro-Darren Bailey political action committee and opens with a clip of Lightfoot, uh, Lightfoot from a City Club speech in April that she said darkened her skin. Lightfoot said, quote, it darkens my skin. I don't think there's any dispute that I'm African-American. I'm black and proud of that. So why do you need to blacken it? and send it to suburban communities. It's fear-mongering, said Lightfoot, who first saw the TV ad in an item in Illinois Politico playbook. She says it's the ultimate dog whistle. All right. Uh, first of all, absolutely a darkener skin. And I urge everybody, if you haven't already, to check out the conversation we had uh, with Robert Tutman and Monroe Anderson from Wednesday. Tutman, uh, for years, was a cameraman legendary Cameron for CBS News, uh, na uh, the national CBS News, knows a lot about lighting and camera work, and he gave a whole discourse on the difference between lighting black people and white people, and I urge everybody to check it out. Absolutely. Just take a look at the picture. The Sun-Times, my beloved bright one, had the, the pictures side by side. The picture in the commercial, the picture uh, from the YouTube clip. Yep. Darkened it. It says here now. the spot was pulled together by the people who play by the rules. Super PAC run by conservative political operative Dan Proft and largely funded by billionaire GOP donor Richard Uline. Uh, Pritzker's campaign called on Bailey to immediately take down the ad, saying instead of insulting elected officials, members of the GOP ought to figure out why they have to keep apologizing for everything that comes out of their mouths. Uh, Bailin, uh, Bailey's campaign, which has not yet begun airing TV ads, which is 77 days until the general election, said they had no communication with Prof's political action committee as required by federal law. So. Yeah, yeah, that, probably, that may be true, uh, that they had no direct communication. Uh, so then the issue becomes, uh, why would they bother uh, darkening the skin? I, this, this whole thing, D, uh, that MAGA demonizes Lori Lightfoot, I don't understand. I, I, I don't understand. I mean, follow me on this. She's kind of conservative in many ways. And she, her background is, is a uh, prosecutor. Uh, and she's tough on law and order here in Chicago. And remember when um, uh, who Arnie Duncan was flirting with running for mayor? And PC would come on the show, Peter Cunningham, Arnie Duncan, the brains behind Arnie Duncan, would come on the show and explain Arnie Duncan's attitudes about crime and how we should not just arrest people, but uh, we should spend some money, you know, on uh, mental health treatment, et cetera, and so forth. Like a more liberal, compassionate attitude about it. Lori Leffert immediately said, it sounds like defund the police to me. Remember that D? Boom. Law and order. And so for some reason, 
MAGA has seized upon her as public enemy number one. Like she's as left as I am. I'm like, are you kidding me? I don't understand. But uh, why you would use her for this? And I guess it's because she's a black woman. I don't know. I'd I'd have to really read MAGA's minds. They kind of try to sort of did this with Rahm Emanuel at one point early on and then pulled away. So, um, and they, MAGA senators voted for him. His approval as uh, ambassador to Japan. So, any, the the reverse effect, of course, is that it uh, it strengthens Lori Lightfoot's candidacy in Chicago. I just pointed out Donald Trump got fifteen percent of the vote uh, in the city of Chicago. That don't need to be Dan Biss to know that means most people voted against Donald Trump. And so, any effort by MAGA to vilify Lori Lightfoot just makes her more popular with Chicago Dems, which is why she draws attention to it. So I'm not quite sure about the strategy that MAGA is employing, other than perhaps they don't care who the mayor of the city of Chicago is, and it's just fine with them that it's Lori Lightfoot because they can spend the next four years pounding her. Um, But it helps Lori Lightfoot. There's no doubt about that. Uh, MAGA going after her definitely helps her. So those are three things that are absolutely true. One, they darkened her skin. Two, I don't understand why MAGA vilifies Lori Lightfoot so much. And three, it definitely helps her campaign. Everybody, uh, after we did Wednesday's show, I must have gotten three or four uh, texts or emails from various listeners. They All they said was OJ, OJ. Because uh, I don't know if you remember this, D, uh, was it uh, Newsweek? I can't remember if it was Newsweek or Time. I think it was Newsweek. They had a cover of OJ in the middle of the trial, uh, and they made him darker. And then there was, it was like uh, their explanation ran along the lines of And I remember uh, so, CNN did it with Joe Rogan when uh, he gave like that speech about how he was on his phone saying how he got COVID and he took the Ivermectin. They, they made like, him darker? No, they made him like look green. <laughs> they made him look like sick. Joey Rogan, oh my goodness. I remember that so well when he got COVID. Yeah. And he goes, it was just one bad day. And I was just like so envious of him because that dude, when he got COVID, they didn't play, man. They they had every washing them out, flushing them out. I got COVID. Nobody came over to my house. Just sit in your room. Shut up. <laughs> no, yeah, they made Joe Rogan green, man. Joe Rogan didn't care. Joe Rogan, man, he is so popular. Just spent a couple of days talking to some Joe Rogan fans, D. All right, time now for go. a 2022 Illinois gubernatorial candidate update. People, we are 74, 74 days away from our Illinois general election and the gubernatorial election between incumbent Democratic billionaire. I'm J.B. Pritzker, and I'm going to beat Donald Trump's candidate for governor, Darren Bailey. And of course, the downstate farmer, Republican challenger, Darren Bailey. I spread about 16,000 tons of chicken manure each year. What are you talking about? (laughs) Where did you get that one? (laughs) from that hot farm bureau candidate forum that's really well done good job all right first off let's take a look at the candidate campaign war chest translation how much money the candidates have on hand ben why do they call it a war chest i don't know it's silly it really is silly you know you could call it a treasure chest that would work any kind of chest 
you know, yeah. chest of drawers. All right, first up, Darren Bailey, the downstate farmer. Darren Bailey, his cash on hand. Benton, how much money do you think Darren Bailey has on hand? Let's take a guess. A little bit more than $2 million. A little bit more than $2 million, Ben Jarofsky says. Well, Darren Bailey has on hand over $565,000, basically. J.B. Pritzker, how much money do you think he has on hand compared to this $565,000? Uh, estimate $50 million. Wow, that's pretty close. J.B. Pritzker, $60 million, eight. That 76 cents could come in handy if he's on the Skyway and he has to pay the tolls. And uh, so those those are the campaign totals there. And, hey, how about that Farm Bureau candidate forum on Thursday? I'm proud to be a family farmer. I personally think it's time that we had a farmer in the governor's mansion so we can get our state growing again. What do you think about that? No, that's a pretty good line. Ben, you've watched that, right? Uh, no, I was busy watching the Joe Rogan show then, so I missed uh, the full ride. Oh, really? Who was on? You know, we had Mark Zuckerberg on this week. I did not know that. Yeah. Did you watch that? I tried to watch it. I was like, good Lord, this is boring. I'm, <laughs> I'm dumb and this is boring. That's basically what I got from that. Like, what are they talking about? Have to go back. I'll have to go watch the clips this weekend. It's generally when I do my Joe Rogan watching. Look, here's the deal. Uh, Darren Bailey, as a farmer, and speaking to a group of farmers would have a natural advantage. So J.B. Pritzker, when he came before the group, made a point of saying, I am not a farmer. That was his bit of honesty. I am not a farmer. Which, you know, the interesting thing is, like, in the age of Trump, I was wondering, like, how would Donald Trump approach such a group? Would Donald Trump, like, try to pretend that he had once been a farmer? You know what I'm saying? Or Or would he just gone off the rails. I think he wouldn't have pretended he was ever a farmer. He would just gone off the rails and talked about whatever he wanted and blast the other side. Uh, but you know, it's, it's interesting that, uh, like there's JB is trying to play by the rule book, uh, and the rule book more or less, you follow a certain protocol, uh, and you at least pretend you're, uh, just being open and honest about absolutely everything. So I am not a farmer, but I'm sensitive to the needs of the farmers. Uh, and uh, I will uh, look out for your interests because I understand how important farmers are uh, to our state. Whereas uh, DB is totally, Darren Bailey is totally playing up the fact that his hands are dirty, his hands are calloused, uh, he is a working farmer, or at least uh, he was a working farmer. I don't know if he still works his farm. D. I'm sure he has a lot of employees that do most of the work. Uh, and, uh, and so in that way, there's something uh, more uh, real uh, about him. And so it's like, you're looking for, uh, a governor that relates to you, like understands practical concerns that working people have. He's your guy as opposed to JB Pritzker. So that's his strategy. D it's been pounding that one for about how many weeks now, three or four weeks. And that's what his famous soft hands, uh, quote about Pritzker. He got mad at Pritzker because Pritzker's campaign pointed out that Darren Bailey has uh, his farm has taken a lot of um, federal and state aid uh, that's used to uh, help subsidize farmers and protect farmers from the swings in prices. And I happen to be a supporter of that. I do believe I'm not uh, a capitalist, a cold hearted capitalist who thinks everybody it's do or die. And if you're a farmer and prices fall for some reason, you should just go out of business, lose your farm, 
lose your livelihood. I don't think that's right. So I do believe uh, that government should come to the aid of the farmers and try to help their markets, uh, prop up their markets when times are tough. Do uh, Does Darren Bailey deserve all the money he's received? I don't know. I have to take the deep dive before I answer that question. But I believe in the principle of helping farmers. I do not understand, however, why farmers like Darren Bailey have such a hard attitude about helping people in the city of Chicago. I don't know. People who take money to protect them from the ravages of capitalism. Why are you so hostile uh, to people in the city who do the same thing? So I, I don't understand that. Uh, but anyway, J.B. Pritzker pointed out that uh, D.B., uh, his farm had taken uh, federal assistance, and Darren Bailey was just really outraged by it because it was suggesting that somehow or other he didn't really deserve the money or uh, he uh uh, that he wasn't a uh, man of the earth, uh, as he sort of suggested. And so he came out firing and he said that I'm real. Uh, my hands are calloused and he has soft hands. At which point, as I, at which point, as I pointed out, the Chicago Bears had uh, J.P. Pritzker try out for tight end because he has got soft hands, D. Soft hands may not work in a political campaign, but you want your football player to have soft hands. So if you are going to vote for somebody on the basis of whether their hands are calloused or soft, and you think the calloused is uh, the way to go, then Darren Bailey's your candidate. If you like soft hands, J.B. Pritzker is your guy. His hands certainly are dirty. I spread about 16,000 tons of chicken manure each year. Oh, my God. But he washed his hands before he came and shook everybody's hands. At the farmer's thing. Just want you to know that. I didn't hear that part of the clip. <laughs> yeah, come on. DB is a very clean guy, all right? <laughs> all right, everybody. That is your Oh What a Week. Remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A-V is in victory, S-K-Y, or wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Check out the latest column from Ben, and check out this weekend's Benny J bonus interviews. Ben, who do we have on tap? Oh, my goodness. We have a great lineup. Uh, and uh, Mike Alamana, a good friend of the show. Uh, we were talking about this jazz festival, so we talked jazz at the premiere. Uh, probably going to drop on Sunday. Great interview, if I must say so myself, with Allison Jordan, uh, who uh, has her own podcast, a very successful podcast about mental health uh, issues. And then uh, the third uh, uh, show, we haven't done it yet. Uh, Chris Shragi is on hand, getting ready uh, to uh, be the producer of that one. Uh Moise Bawani, who is running for alderman in the uh, 50th Ward. Uh, very interesting uh, young candidate. It's a whole group D, of uh, young progressives or young lefties that are uh, taking that first step. You know, and I, I began the show, I might as well end the show where I began. I began the show by making fun of uh, old people in, in the... Uh, like Americans keep electing the same candidates over and over again. I do believe it'll be Joe Biden versus Donald Trump in 2024. Joe Biden will be what? 80. Donald Trump will be 78. I want to say something like that. Don't quote me around there. Uh, and that's what America wants. And so you can make fun of them all you want, but that's the reality. Americans just, they, they get used to politicians. and They just cling to them. That's like security blankets. You know, that's why Chicago is about to reelect Lori Lightfoot. Not that she's old, she's younger than I am, but it's going, we know her, we're going to stay with her. <laughs> so scared. But there's a bunch of young candidates out there, and they're um, the future of the Democratic Party. And Moise um, is one of them, so uh, we're looking forward to that conversation in about an hour, and that one will drop on Saturday.
Check out those bonus interviews, everybody. Have a good weekend. Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home yes, cool. or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H 2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.